The Drive continues with Need to Know Basis on TSN 1200. Welcome back. Hour four of The Drive. Lieber Sage, AJ Jackie back, Matt Conesvita. All right, getting closer to a big game for the Ottawa Senators. AJ, as the afternoon goes along, what do we need to know? Well, it's a big game day for the Ottawa Senators as they take on the Seattle Kraken. Second and final meeting in the regular season between the Sens and Kraken this season. They lost 8-4 at home. Some game time decisions, according to DJ Smith, in terms of the lineup tonight. But expected that Mad Sogard will start in goal. Expected that Patrick Brown will make his Sens debut. And the Sens certainly need... Two points here tonight against a very good Kraken team after uh, dropping two points in Chicago earlier this week. Pre-game show at 8 o'clock with Graham Creech and crew. Dean Brown, Gord Wilson with the call tonight shortly after 10 o'clock from the Climate Pledge Arena. Elsewhere, Buffalo hosting Dallas. The Islanders in Pittsburgh, hoping that doesn't end up being a three-pointer. Washington is at home to the New Jersey Devils. Other Sens news. Uh, It's not good when it comes to Tyler Boucher. We knew it, but uh, they announced that Boucher requires surgery to repair a torn labrum in his right shoulder. Recovery, three to four months. So a 67th season is over. Uh, They say he should be fully recovered before next year's training camp. A Sportico says... Nine different groups have submitted bids to buy the Ottawa Senators, including some topping the $900 million U.S. mark. So we'll wait for the next step in the process there. Football. Optimism is growing in New York as the Jets continue their chase for Aaron Rodgers. A curling. Big night for Mike McEwen in Ontario. A win over Kirsten Sturme would... Earn his Ontario rank a spot in the playoffs. They're third in Pool B behind Brad Gushu at six and one, and wildcard one. That's Brendan Botcher at seven and one. Hewins rank is five and two in Pool A. It's uh, Matt Dunstone at eight and zero from Manitoba, Alberta's Kevin Cooey, and their rank six and one. Northern Ontario sits at six and two. Women's basketball tonight. It's Carlton. Against Cape Breton, game one of the women's quarterfinals for them. Uh, We've already seen Alberta and Queens advance today. Tomorrow, Carlton and Ottawa both play in the men's final eight. And soccer, a lot going on in Ottawa with four players, Sophie Schmidt, Quinn, Christine Sinclair, Janine Becky testifying before the. Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage in regards to their ongoing labor dispute with Canada Soccer. Uh, Hours before they testified, Canada Soccer sent out a news release providing details of what they offered in collective bargaining last year after saying they weren't going to negotiate in the media. Amongst the uh, top quotes today, Janine Becky saying, Either they had no idea it was a terrible deal for Canada Soccer in regards to their deal with Canada Soccer Business, or they knew it was a terrible deal and did it anyways. 
Um, yeah, Christine Sinclair mentioned that Nick Bontis, the ex Canada soccer head, had asked to a colleague, What is Christine bitching about now? Not a good scene when it comes to no. soccer in this country. And hopefully they can get a deal with the men and the women and put this sordid chapter behind them. And that is what you need to know today. And just to further that, AJ, that Canada Soccer released the details of the CBA just hours before the women were testifying here in Ottawa. Why they did it feels like for this reason, ESPN, one of their top headlines, Canada Soccer shares equal pay CBA proposal making it seem like Canada soccer is doing the right thing. Right? That's why they did it's it. It's never the right. I don't care what you offered. It's never the right thing to offer, to show your offer in the media. It's always a crap move. Right. Don't care how good your offer is. I didn't, I, I did not read that release mm-hmm. when I knew what it was because I didn't want to know. Because the devil is always in the details and mm-hmm. it's always, oh, well, that looks fantastic. That looks great. What are the players doing? No. It, it was ill-timed. Not from their part. They knew exactly what they were doing when they timed it that way. Trying to curry favor. Trying to reduce the blowback of... The inevitable crap, inevitable crap storm mm-hmm. coming their way when these players testify didn't work. Shocking. <coughs> so you mentioned earlier, and I, let's just go over it again. There's a big game, obviously, with Ottawa in Seattle, but the range, or sorry, the Islanders play Pittsburgh tonight, and they're the two teams right ahead of Ottawa, and it's a little bit. Like if people haven't been following along, a little bit confusing, right? Because the Islanders have more points, but Pittsburgh has played less games. And so Pittsburgh in the points percentage is well ahead of where the Islanders are. And Ottawa is trying to catch both teams. So what would you... I wouldn't say well ahead. The Islanders win tonight. Their points percentage is going to be virtually equal. Hence... Me, I, I look, everyone's going to take a different point of view. I want to see the Islanders win in regulation. First and foremost, I don't want to see this game going to overtime. Right. So if someone's up two or three goals, that's who I want to win. But if you're asking me who I'd like to win in regulation, I want to see the Islanders win in regulation because if the Islanders win in regulation, they're both nine games over 500. And especially if Ottawa happens to win tonight and gets to six games over 500, both are within striking distance. I would rather have, given the strength of schedule, right, where, and it's not going to change after tonight because they all have tough games. Pittsburgh's got 10 games left against non-playoff teams. Islanders have nine games left against non-playoff teams. Ottawa's got seven. So the, the bottom line is for Ottawa to make the playoffs, they're going to have to play a lot better 
than both of those teams, not just based on schedule, but based on where they're at. And I would just prefer to have two teams in the same spot, both nine games over 500, where you're hoping that one of those two plays like crap down the stretch, rather than hoping that one team plays like crap down the stretch. To me, your odds are better having two teams to catch when when there's two t- two spots, not two teams for one spot, obviously. The odds are better with two teams to catch rather than one. But it's a fun night if you're a Sens fan because you can watch that game and know how much it matters to Ottawa, and it's all going to happen before the Sens game gets going. You got Dallas and Buffalo. That one matters. I'm still, look, Florida Panthers don't play tonight. I'm still worried about them. I still think sure, they, absolutely. they have a good shot at making it. Well, but I know Ottawa can't worry about Florida Panthers. I get no, it. they have to worry about themselves. They have to worry about, because again, you can look at the out-of-town scoreboard all you want. The out-of-town scoreboard only matters if Ottawa takes care of their business. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's still going to have to win. They're going to have to win no matter what. Probably 12 games down the stretch. 12-6-1, something like that. And then that's where you're going to need the out-of-town scoreboard if you win those 12 games. And that's why I say I would rather see the Islanders win tonight in regulation because I feel like your chances are better, again, having two teams needing one to drop some points rather than just one. No, I think that's a fair way of looking at it. And and the other thing, too, is, right, if Pittsburgh comes further down, you play Pittsburgh. So you do have mm-hmm. one four-pointer in there where you can make up a lot of ground. There's a reason it's called a four-pointer, right? You beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I feel like that is probably the biggest must-win over the course of the next few weeks, beating the Pittsburgh Penguins once you get off this road trip and you continue with this murderer's row of teams. But all of a sudden, for example, you win tonight and you're a plus six and Pittsburgh's a plus nine. Well, that could be a one-point differential if you go and beat Pittsburgh in regulation. They've already lost one big game to Pittsburgh this year. That was a game where Bo Drew broke a stick. A guy who hasn't... Showing a lot of frustration this year. He mm-hmm. knew what it meant then, and I'm hoping, right? I mean, Ottawa's got to win some games between now and then to make that game mean something. I'm hoping that's a game that means something. You can look ahead to April 13th, but that's a long ways away. You'd love to see Ottawa-Buffalo with a playoff spot on the line the last game of the year. But in the meantime, you don't have it. Right now, it's a long ways away. You got a couple of other games against Florida. That game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm hoping it's going to mean a lot. I'm hoping Ottawa wins a lot between now and then. And depending on what happens, they still have two left with Florida. And if Florida gets up into one of those spots, those games could mean something too. It feels like they're elimination games, though, right? Like it feels like if one of those teams. Teams win both. Yes. The, the other, other team is really going to have a hard time Agreed. turning things around. Again, there's not a lot of margin for error 
for Ottawa. They're the authors of their own story in the sense that obviously November wasn't a good month. Their start wasn't very good at all. And, you know, over the course of the last month and a half, they've played pretty good hockey, but threw away three points against the Blackhawks. So that's three points they're already going to need. Some really impressive wins against some quality teams, and they're going to need three more of those points against the teams like Jersey and Toronto and Colorado and the likes. And and Seattle's going to be no joke here tonight. This is going to be a tough game. Don't know that I was ready to ask you this yet, but I'm going to. Let's say the Ottawa Senators play this weekend and we can call this weekend meaningful games. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So at the end of the weekend, if they lose all three. They better get a lot of help. (laughs) No, no, that's not my question. Yeah, My question is, in the big picture, did they do what they wanted to do from an organizational point of view? Like, can you say, look, they at least got to play those meaningful games at the end of February and through the deadline and into March. Cause if they, if they end up losing this weekend, it's March 9th today. So you're looking at, you know, two weeks into March before you're kind of eliminating them. Is that enough to take a step? Yeah, I, I feel like they need to. Uh, well, we, we, I was thinking about this last night. In 2014, I was able to call eight games down the stretch for the Ottawa Senators. Dave Schreiber had some surgery on his eyes, and I came in when Dean Brown was still doing television, and I called eight games. I remember, like, they didn't really seem in it at all that year. Now, they did trade for Alishemsky, but they were kind of out of it, but they won a bunch of games late and made it interesting. I can remember. Like the season ended on the weekend and it was a Tuesday night in Long Island and they went into that Tuesday night in Long Island against the Islanders who weren't very good and they still had a chance. Like it was mathematical, but it was Tuesday of the last week of the season and they still had a chance to make the playoffs. I'd be really disappointed if this team was mathematically eliminated before the last week of the season. Okay. So... Now, it might be smoke and mirrors, right? In the sense that that run, it was fun. It was certainly fun for me. But I think most people knew, if you remember that 14 season, right? I think most people knew, even though they played some pretty good hockey down the stretch, they weren't making the playoffs. They were never making the playoffs, right? But they did hang around. They, They hung around until the last week of the season. I'd be disappointed if they were mathematically eliminated before then. Okay. So, yeah, fine. And and that means you feel like they need to get high 80s, right? At, at least high 80s, at least like 88, 89 points. Like 85 to me isn't really going to cut it. That, that to me is a lot of spinning of the wheels. Now, you're still set up, I think, to be – a pretty good team down the stretch, but I don't know if this team finishes with 85 points, two games under 500, I get it. Tough schedule between now and the end of the season. Are you going to be happy about that? No. 
even with, you know, I get it. Norris is out and your goalies are out. And so it's, it's not a great hand, but there's other teams who have dealt with that as well. And no, cause I'll go back to November. I'll go back to October. That's what I will go back to. Well, and it shows that they're right. Good teams have to beat there. You got a pretty decent record against playoff teams in the East this year. Mm-hmm. So if they go out and lose a bunch of games to those teams down the stretch, it shows they're not as ready as we thought, even though they were given some extra pieces. And I also can't get out of my head that Vegas always knows things for a reason. They're usually pretty good at what they do as far as the odds, not the team. The beginning of the year, the over-under is 86 and a half. I still have no idea whether they're going. Yeah, I think it's going to be the over. I think they're going to be. I'd love to see them be 93, 94 and make the playoffs. I feel like they're going to be 89, 90. They'll be close. It's going to be really close. Because you don't know how the team is going to respond when they are out of the playoff race, if they are. If they end up losing a bunch of games in the next two weeks, you don't know how the following three weeks will be. That's all. And so, and again, there's a lot of people around the league, right or wrong, and and I don't know the answer. We're going to find out the answer in the next month, right or wrong, that suggests that, all right, we've seen the Ottawa Senators play some really good hockey when nothing matters down the stretch. Let's see how they handle this month, right? And And that's some of the narrative amongst hockey people out there right now. So only the Ottawa senators in that room can prove that group of people right. wrong, right? I'd love to see them go and just win a bunch down the stretch and make it interesting into the last week. Mm-hmm. But it's going to require a lot of work. And and we're going to right it's like football teams coming off a bye week and how maddening it is when they come off a bye week and they don't look like they're ready to go. This isn't, this is the, this is essentially like a bye week when you get a couple of days between games, right? How do you do when you've got full preparation and it's not too much rust where it's like, holy crap, you just missed 10, 10 days. And we saw the results of that when they played Edmonton and not just them. I mean, Carolina was the same way. Three quarters of the teams that, go on those bye weeks, don't do well when they're playing teams that have been playing. So that's a different story altogether. But when you come out after a couple of days break, how does this team look tonight? That to me shows an indication of where this team is at against a playoff team, right? Who have won five in a row. Yeah. And are playing really good hockey. So what can you do? Eight o'clock, the pregame. Graham Creech, 10 o'clock, drop of the puck, Dean Brown, Gord Wilson, and we have it for you, the Kraken and the Senators, here on TSN 1200. The Drive continues on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Drive, Lever Sage, AJ Jackieback and Matt Conesvita. Creatures coming up at the pregame show, 8 o'clock, drop of the puck. It's a late one tonight, 10 o'clock, but it matters. Oh, it matters a lot to the Ottawa Senators. 
Speaking of the Ottawa Senators, Matthew Joseph also spoke to the media earlier today, and here is that conversation. Excited to uh, get back out on the ice here tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always been a good atmosphere in this building, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, not the result we won last game. I thought we, we underperformed in that game, and, um, you know, I feel like uh, we want to bounce back, and we're excited for it. These uh, road trips, DJ's talked about it all year, that you want to be above 500 December, January, February. Are these road trips kind of a smaller version of that that you, you take like that or just focus on March as a whole? Yeah, I think, you know, for me personally, I think I, I, I like to focus on one game at a time. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, you put some ob- objective as a team for, for the month, but, uh, you know, I think we're a good team when we play uh, one game at a time. And um, I think that's the mentality we, we want to have. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, you play one one game at a time, one shift at a time, and uh, play as hard as you can. And uh, hopefully results to come uh, come with it. Against a Seattle team like this that can score in bunches, how important is it going to be to stick to this fast style of play that you guys have really adopted? Yeah, it's going to be huge. I think, uh, you know, we can't give them on in rushes. That's a good team off the rush. Uh, you know, we're going to have to play some good defense tonight. And um, sometimes it's checking, sometimes it's having good sticks. And uh, playing together and talk a lot on the ice, I think it's going to be a key for us tonight. But I think we just got to go back, go back to uh, the way we're grinding in, in the in last uh, six weeks. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be fine. On that note, fair to say that the defensive side would be five deep all across uh, the ice tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I think it's important to play some defense. I think it's going to lead to a good offense, and, um, you know, I think we're ready for it. Is it just as simple, with this being the best five-on-five team in the league, that you just have to win more 50-50 battles than they do? Absolutely. I think it's, you know, it's going to be all around in the O zone, in the D zone. Um, I think, you know, like we, like, we, like we talked about, we have to be a pack of five a little bit everywhere on the ice. Uh, you know, having a good F3 is going to be crucial for us tonight, uh, not giving them on men rushes and, um, you know, play fast. I think we're, we're a good team when we play fast and, uh, you know, we've, we've done it in the past month and, um, you know, we'll be back to that tonight and uh, excited to play a good team. Is it, uh, is it kind of, a, you mentioned, a little bit of a different mindset in that this team gets goals from a whole bunch of different guys? There isn't one major star or two major stars. Mm-hmm. Is that a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a mind shift in that you're not looking at one or two guys to really be worried about, but they get a lot from a lot of different people? Yeah, I mean, it's dangerous when, when a team has depth to, uh, you know, getting in score from, from uh, all four lines. And, uh, you know, I think that's something we want to something we want to do on their, on their side of things and um you know but like i said i think every line is going to be uh, going to have to be really detailed and everywhere in, on the ice uh, as much as as d zone neutral zone and, and o zone it is and um you know no matter who you are on the ice you, you have to be alert so uh you know that's a good challenge for us and we're excited we're excited to play all right matthew joseph getting set for the game tonight and he and like we heard from Dylan Gambrell, heard from Matthew Joseph, heard yesterday from Patrick Brown. Feels like these are the guys, AJ, that you've been talking about. And we agree. They're going to have to play really well tonight because they're going to have to match what Seattle can do and let their stars outduel the other guys from the Kraken tonight because their entire lineup, as you've gone over, is very, very good. So the bottom six for Ottawa, we're going to have to notice them tonight, even if they're even with the Kraken. Well, and that's where I say maybe it's even better if we don't notice them. You know my philosophy on all things sports. Like, you need everyone pulling together, but you need your your best players to play, right? Mm-hmm. If, if your best players tonight, like, obviously, 
you are going to need, especially with Seattle, a four-line team, you're going to need your bottom six to contribute and at least go even. But when your best players are your bottom end guys, you don't win a lot of games. It's very rare. Usually it's one of those, like, oh, these are their best guys tonight. And usually that's in a loss, right? <laughs> There's not a lot of those games where it's like, oh, well, the fourth line was really good tonight. And they won 6-1. Like, that happens once a year, twice a year. In the end, usually you're winning games because your best players are doing their thing and the role players are contributing and not being caved in, right? Mm-hmm. So their role is to almost be a little bit silent so we don't notice those shifts so much so that the Stutzlas and the Shabbats and the Sandersons and the Chikrins and the Giroux's and the Kachucks and the Pintos and the Bathersons and the Debrinkets are doing their thing, right? But I think where you get in trouble is if, if all of a sudden the bottom six is getting caved a little bit, then you can get out of sorts where the top players start to think that they need to do more, need to do too much, and that's where you get cheating a little bit, get out of your game, and you saw what happened Monday against the Blackhawks. Well, that can't happen tonight. <laughs> no, it can't, because this is a good five-on-five team, and this is a team that goes four lines deep, and they can all score goals. Sorry, just reading something off topic here, but... I like it. What are you, what are you reading? I was reading the fact that about, the compensatory picks in the NFL came through. Damn it. What? I thought it was going to be. I know. About nachos or. How many rounds are there in I the NFL? I don't like nachos that much. How many rounds are there in the NFL draft? If it's good Mexican food, just give me a burrito or enchiladas. Mm-hmm. Seven rounds in the NFL draft. It won't be hard then to come up with the number of the compensatory picks the 49ers got today. How about seven? <laughs> In the NFL, how much that matters? Like, you can draft guys in the third, fourth, fifth round, so they're going to play for your football team. They're good players. That's an incredible amount. Three in the third round cool. for San Fran. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was just blown away. Like, seven? They have 14 picks now and not seven. That's that's a lot of picks in the NFL draft coming up. And it's because, you know, people from other organizations came in and hired their people. They've always, uh, or at least last year, right? Round seven, 262, mm-hmm. Rock Purdy. So they've been able to make a lot of those draft picks count early, mid, late. That's why they've got a real good football team. Also was going to note uh, that the Carlton women's team play in about 50 minutes from now in their first quarterfinal game at the Nationals. Uh, your Alberta team losing what by 
13 to Acadia in the fourth quarter? They were down 13 in the fourth quarter, one by 17. Yeah, I hope they finish second. I'd like to see Carlton win. I didn't go to school at the University of Alberta. Mm-hmm. My parents did. But you called games? But I called. Yeah. I grew up around, like my dad was president of the hockey alumni, so I grew up going to a lot of games there in various sports, but especially hockey, and called the basketball games. But the people that were there 20 years ago are no longer there. So I'd like to see for James Derwin, for Taffy Charles, for mm-hmm. Danny Sinclair, Dave's won enough, okay? But for the other three, I'd like to see them all do well. <laughs> hmm. I'd like to see Dave win in hockey. How about that? No, fair. He's not, doesn't have anything to do with the hockey team. No, I'm talking about uh, the Ottawa Senators. Oh, the Senators. I thought you meant the Carlton Ravens men's hockey team. Queens barely got by. They were the number one team until Ottawa beat, or Carlton beat them in the OUA final. They had to go to overtime, but they won. Anyway, exciting night. You got the Carlton game tonight. You got the Sens game tonight. You get the Islanders in Pittsburgh tonight. No junior hockey tour tonight. Tonight off. No, no, no tonight or tomorrow. Tonight is. Uh, Watch out, Brad Smith. Plan the trip before watching uh, Seattle night and tomorrow. Nothing on the docket before I go see Brad Smith coach on Saturday. So there you go. No, excited about tonight's game. Really excited to watch just the test, right? There's going to be a lot of tests for the Ottawa Senators between now and the end of the season against good hockey teams. And this is what we were hoping for, right? Big games against really good teams to see how this group would respond. I'm just going back in the text. So earlier on the show, you were talking about Athens and going there last night. Yeah. AJ. uh, By by the way, I would have like going there. I was kind of thinking, you know what? They should be serving. Like they should go all in on the name, right? If you're, if you're Athens, just have Yiddos and Tatsiki sauce with your fries. You did think that. Yeah. Have you changed your mind? Well, I haven't changed my mind, but I, I will say that the canteen was excellent in Athens. Okay. Doesn't mean I've changed my mind. Like if they came out of a a big inflatable Acropolis onto the ice. Where would you get a big inflatable I don't know. Acropolis? Where where would you find one of That's those? That's like I feel like if I'd be a terrible head of marketing. With that, that idea. feels like a custom job, Ely. Yeah, you're which, commissioning one. Yeah, seems like a lot of money. Yeah, but you're Athens. You got to go all in on the name, and you spend the money once, and then you have it forever. Until someone pops a hole in it. Yeah, yeah. Who's keep gonna, the skates away. Who's gonna pop a hole in it? Oh, uh, what could ever happen with a bunch of players skating with blades onto the ice right through the Acropolis? Well, there's other. What, what could ever happen, AJ? Do we see holes in the inflatable shark that they come out in San Jose? Do you know that they don't have three, four, five of them? I'm sure they take the necessary precautions. They keep the riffraff like you away to ensure that their inflatable shark. 400 people in Athens. 
at the game. A lot closer to the Acropolis than the people in San Jose. I found one. I don't think you could skate through it. I was going to say, what are you going to do? Just skate around it? I guess if you had two and they skated through the middle. Exactly. There's different yeah. things you can do. How, how much would, I just would feel that be? like they should embrace the name a little bit more. All right. Uh, Matt wants to say he sat beside you at the Ottawa West, Ottawa Canadians game. Not a talker during games. My wife thinks I'm a joy to attend hockey games and never said hi. Sorry about that. Here's my hello for Matt. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah. That's basically that was a long text to say, Matt, that you didn't want to talk to AJ. It's all good. I feel like this wouldn't work, though, because they're Roman columns. It's not the Greek Acropolis, and uh, it's $2,000. <laughs> and that's probably just to rent. Also, uh, Pugger did get in with usually go a little bit above the speed limit, but when driving a celebrity, got to... He got us there safe, gotta right? Pare it down. Again, no land speed records there. We... Missed about 15 and a half minutes of hockey, which is okay. Missed one goal. <laughs> we got there. I'm still here to, Craig to want, talk about it, Craig, which to me is most important. So thank you, Pugger. Well well done on the roads. And how were the butter tarts from Craig? Excellent. Okay. I've, I've had one. I'm probably ranking, like, Willard's is really good. Those ones from Golden Lake, still probably the best I've ever had. I was getting the gears because I was talking about how Arn Pryor's music, I I mentioned this on social media, that the Arn Pryor Packers DJ, like, he needs a raise. And last night, I probably didn't notice it as much. So I actually don't recall what they were playing in terms of the DJ. But I I asked him after the fact, because he's giving me the gears, oh, are they still number one in terms of music? I said, did you play any Black Sabbath from the Aussie era? It was a no. Well, you're fighting for two. <laughs> Pretty harsh. All right, we got to take a break. Come back. Final segment of The Drive coming up on TSN 1200. Let's get back to The Drive on the home of the Sens. TSN 1200. Welcome back to The Drive. Weaver Sage, AJ Jackie McMack, Connors Vita. Can I tell you a uh, quick story about this song? About this song. Okay, yep. I was dating a girl. I was 16 years old. It's 1991. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And she played... This song. First time I'd ever heard Soundgarden. Okay. Little Rusty Cage. I'm at her place. Her mom is there. So listen to this. I'm like, okay, I got to get some Soundgarden. This is, this is top drawer. And then go and talk to the mom. And the mom starts asking her to go steal some stuff from the mall for her. What? Yeah, no. The mom was asking the daughter, who I was dating at the time, to go steal stuff at the mall for. I need this, this, and this. Can you steal all this for me? Doesn't feel like... Brother, Brother was in jail. 
That wasn't a very long relationship. I was going to say, there are some signs there that maybe. But she introduced me to Soundgarden, so there's that, right? Yeah. You got to take the good with the bad. Find the positives. That's what you are all about. The positives for the listener is that they're going to get to hear AJ earlier tomorrow. They're going to hear Matt super early. Yeah, we're all on three different shows tomorrow. The drive will be well represented. (laughs) 12 hours tomorrow. You can catch someone from the drive on TSN 1200. So, Matt, you're doing TSN mornings for the next week and a day. That's right. Okay. Not looking, I'm looking forward to the shows. As I told JR in the new show group text, uh, the group chat for March break, looking forward to the shows, uh, the wake up call, not so much. And of course, first day on the show is after the Sens play at 10 PM. So I, I will not be a well rested fill in for hammer tomorrow morning. Cause I do plan on watching the Sens game because mm-hmm. I'm dumb. No, you have to, it's important times. That's what it's all about. Think Jar and Simmer aren't going to watch a game? Of course they are. I don't know about Simmer. Yeah. He will. AJ, you're on In the Box tomorrow. Yep, Matt Sakaris is joining us in the 11 o'clock hour. Look right. forward to that conversation. Excellent. And then it will be Graham Creech and Steve Bunda. Yeah. Creature needs a little more sleep tonight because yeah. he's working the post-game show and it's going late, so hence the switch. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, so what do we think tonight? I'm going to pick the Ottawa Senators to rebound and win. I think it's going to be very difficult, but I feel like they need to. 